I think in a lot of ways, God actually just wants to confirm what he's already been doing. And uh, so often, there's not a lot of surprise in what God says to us. So often, a lot of what God shares is what he's probably already told us, or what is his, uh, he's already revealed to us, or what we've already read. But it just takes on a new sense of significance. Um, or it might take on relevance in a particular circumstance. And so this morning, I don't actually have anything new to share. Um, but I do want to share something that um, I believe God wants to remind us. This time of year can be really confusing for some people. For some, it, it kind of draws out the things that, that happen during the year as you reflect on the year. For others, it's business as usual. And they're confused because life's going on while for people they're off on holidays. And it, it can be quite a messy time. For those on holidays, it can also be a challenging time because it's not very normal. It's a different space. And, and yet, in that... There's some things that don't change. There's things, things that are really consistent. And one of those things, obviously, is God. God is consistent in all the circumstances. But there's an idea that I think, I think we can sometimes lose sight of in light of the complexity of life, the challenges of life. And it's not new. It's something that in Paul's letters he often talks about the challenges of life, the challenges of the world's way of doing things, the challenges of the circumstances we find ourselves in, in light of Christ, in light of the gospel, in light of the kingdom that's here and is coming. So I just want to ask a simple question. If someone came up to you right now, or when you walked outside, probably be easier, and said to you, I see that there's something different about your life. Tell me one thing about this God you worship. Tell me one thing about this God you worship. What would your answer be? What would be the one thing you shared with them? He's faithful. He never leaves or forsakes you. It's cool. What would be the one thing that you shared? What, what do you reckon? His love is incredible. No matter what you do, it will not stop. Unconditional love. Yep. He has a purpose for everything and everyone. Power and authority. God, God ha has power and authority. Yep. Circumstances change, but God doesn't. Awesome. That's really cool. And they're all very true and very real. The interesting thing is that when we often attach ourselves to the passage, the, the one passage that gets used most in sharing who God is, it's John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. The interesting thing is that that was actually done in a secret private conversation with Nicodemus in the late night because Nicodemus was, didn't want to be seen hanging out with Jesus. So my question to you is, what was Jesus actually telling people when he went around and spoke to them? What was his answer to that question? The kingdom is near. There's a better way. And unfortunately, in the mix of life, we forget that part of the story. Repent and believe. Repent being turn from your own ways, 
and follow a new way, a better way. Repent and believe because there is a better way. And at this point of the year, it can be easy to forget that too. In our own lives, in the complexity of what life looks like, to forget that Jesus actually taught that there is a new kingdom coming, that he is Lord and Saviour, and that that kingdom, you're not going to choose where it comes or not, and that's, there's power and authority, God carries power and authority, and the kingdom is coming, whether you like it or not. But it is actually a kingdom of amazing love and grace, of God's faithfulness, of purpose that is good. We often like to tell people what they want to hear, the parts that they like, the parts that resonate. And yet sometimes in our own lives, we don't like to hear some things either. I just want to read from Colossians. Because the church at Colossus was having a, a lot of trouble with holding on to the truth of the gospel. There was a lot of other ideas. There were a lot of other thinking. There was a lot of other ways of life in their cultures around them and even in the church that was challenging the fundamental significance of Jesus Christ in their life. So I'm just going to read from Colossians 2. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knitted together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. So this is the agenda, the foundation, the anchor of your faith in Christ. I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human traditions, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwelled bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. And you go, well, isn't that kind of obvious? Christ is Lord, we follow him. Christ is, is our saviour, we're his disciples. So... We build our lives on his foundation. It is obvious, yet I would argue it's not very easy. I don't think God ever intends to confuse us. And I think most of what he tries to teach us is pretty obvious. He doesn't play hide and seek. And so, yes, it's obvious to establish, so walk in him, rooted that's below the surface, foundations, built up in him and established, strong, confident in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thankfulness. 
It's a really simple model. It's a really simple picture. And yet, in our walks, we so often attach God to the end of the picture, not at the start of the picture. At this time of the year, a lot of people will start reflecting on 2018. And I really want to challenge you. If anyone says to you, I'm really happy that 2018 is behind me, I would argue that is a godless answer. Because it doesn't matter what you experienced in 2018, God had intention and purpose. And since Jesus came, his kingdom is coming, his kingdom is moving forward, his kingdom is advancing. And that happened in 2018. If it wasn't your experience, you may have been looking at the wrong part of 2018. If you didn't see God at work in 2018, that's my failing, not his. So often we want to say, I want to burn what's happened and I want to start with something fresh. And I would say, you're actually burning what God is building in that process at the same time. Sure, I'm sure there were things in 2018 that weren't ideal. I'm sure there were things that you wish were different. I'm sure there were things that were even ungodly in 2018. But to run away from 2018 denies the fact that God was at work in 2018 and he had purpose for it. In the same way, if you were to say 2019, I'm not looking forward to it. I would argue the roots and the foundation of what you're building is not Christ. There is so much potential. There is so much opportunity. There's so much hope. There's so much to be joyful for. When it says rejoice in the Lord always, and I say, again, I say rejoice, it's not because everything is blissful around us. It's because the foundation, what's established and what we're pursuing is Christ. And there is never a day that you, sh- you can't rejoice if that's your foundation. There is a never a day that is not a day of hope if that's your foundation. And so I guess my challenge to myself and my challenge to us as a body is to look at the foundation, to look at what's established and to question what we're hoping for. Because I can hope for a slender lean body if I join the right gym and stuff in 2019. But it's a false hope. (laughs) Because I can tell you 2018, that was not a reliable thing even though it was a desire in 2018. If I'm hoping in myself if I'm hoping in my career, if I'm hoping even in my family, if that is what I'm hoping for, then sure, maybe 2018 was worth burning because those things didn't happen the way you wanted them to. But if my hope is in Christ, if I'm rooted in Christ, if I'm established and building in Christ, then every day is a day of hope. Every day is a day of purpose. Every day is a day worth rejoicing. So you don't have to wait to New Year's Eve to be able to say, yes, 2019, finally, I get to start a new year. The word says his mercies are new every day. So guess what? January the 1st, if you recognize some foundations aren't, aren't quite where they need to be in Christ, January 2nd is a new day. As is January the 3rd, as it's January the 4th, every single day is a new day is a new day of God's mercy and his grace. And those things that you shared are so true. But they're only true if they're on the foundation of Christ. 
And this is the amazing thing about the gospel. You can't take part of it without the other part. Jesus made it very clear that it comes as a package. To the point that when someone came up to him, a rich young ruler came to him and said, how do I inherit the kingdom of God? I like what you're saying. I want it. His first answer was, do you follow the commandments? And he said, yep, since I was a young boy, I followed the commandments. And then he said, sell all your possessions and follow me. And the young guy went away sad because he was so attached to his possessions. Jesus didn't give him the answer he wanted. He gave him the answer he needed. And in his circumstance, guess what the foundation of what he was building was? His possessions. And Jesus was quite happy to say, it's a different picture to the one that I'm painting. It's a different kingdom to the one that I'm building. And you can try. You can try, but you will fail. The gospel is complete. God's love is profound. But what good is love without the power to implement it? If he has no authority, then his love is shallow and meaningless. If there's no kingdom coming, then his love gets given to us and we're going to just empty it out, spill it on the ground and make a mess of it. But he's building a kingdom. He's building a new kingdom that does things a new way. And he invites us to be part of that, invites us to to build into the kingdom. That's exciting. That's profound. But if we don't take the fullness of the gospel, that is Christ. It's not church. We're not churchians. We're Christians. We're Christ followers. And we need to make sure we establish our foundations on the gospel and the truth of Jesus Christ. And the thing that he taught us to do first was to repent, to turn from our own way and follow his way. And I would argue when his mercies are new every day, it gives us an opportunity to repent every day. Now, I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about the sanctification through the Spirit, that the Spirit leads us to be renewed, to be receivers of that mercy every day. I'm not talking about works, please hear me. I'm talking about an attitude of the heart that says, Lord, I surrender to you every day because your mercies are new every day. So let's not wait till January the 1st. I reckon as a body, we have way more than that. To have a once a year check of of what my life looks like, what's solid here, what's wishy-washy and shallow, what from the world have I absorbed about what's important, what from the people around me have I just consumed and and just attached myself to because that's been the rhythm of what people around me have been doing and they say no lord i want to be your disciple which means from the roots up i choose every day to reflect your amazing kingdom to build what you're building it's not about me it's about you it's about your gospel it's about your love it's about your hope it's about your faithfulness it's about your power because your gospel is my sole focus. Your gospel is what I live for. And you know what? Yes, my family is going to be blessed because of that. Yes, those around me are going to be blessed because of that. Yes, my church community is going to receive because of that. But only because I'm focused on you, not because I'm serving them. Lord, I thank you so much that you have revealed yourself in Jesus Christ, the fullness of who you are. Your power, your authority, your kingdom, your mercy, your grace, your love, 
Lord, you were so intentional about how you lived. And you made it very clear that you serve one and only one, and that is your Father. And Lord, you've called us to do likewise. And so we come today and we say, Lord, we're not going to wait till January the 1st. Father, each and every day, we're going to surrender. We're going to check our roots, Lord God. We're going to check what we're building. And Lord, we ask your spirit to continually lead and guide us, to equip and enable us, to renew us each day, to sanctify that which you've already justified, to live out that which you've already declared, to reflect that which you've already shone. Lord, this isn't about us. This is completely about you. And Lord, we want to say we love you. We want to worship you. We want to have lives that reflect your goodness, your hope, your mercy, and your grace into those around us. But Lord, we also want to have lives that reflect your kingdom, a new way, a better way, a way that can only be you because it's way better than anything we could have invented. And we thank you for that, Lord God, and we surrender to you and your authority and your power to be your hands and feet in this community and in this broken world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.